0: Have you ever wondered what it's like to follow your passion? More specifically, have you ever wondered what it's like to work in the sport industry? I graduated in May 2019 and now I'm an assistant college athletic event management and intramural coordinator. My life is now dedicated to providing opportunity through sports. I've decided to document my journey into becoming an athletic director. Along the way, I will share my insight, advice, and thoughts on working in sports. Join me on my journey. Good morning, and welcome back to the Sports as a Job podcast journey of the working sports professional. This is your host, Colby Castillo. And if this is your first time to the podcast, I welcome to you the fa- to the family with open arms. Again, I'm currently working in sports and I'm navigating my own journey working towards being a college athletic director one day. And along the way, I'll bring guests on to show you there are different options of working in the sports industry. And as always, my message through this podcast is we're all on our own individual journeys, but you are not alone. And so today with episode five, I have two guests with me today, and it just so happens to be they are both Lauren. So let me introduce my first guest. This is Lauren Wallace, a marketing student and volleyball player here at the University of Minnesota Crookston. She's an avid lover of coffee and an illustration author of a children's book.
1: Hi, Colby. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: My second guest today is Lauren Tietchan, and I'm sorry if I pronounced your name wrong. This individual is from the world's largest sport and entertainment agency called Octagon. Octagon has 50 offices in 22 countries and with 800 employees. Their list of clients include people such as Steph Curry, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Trey Young, Chris Davis, Colton Miller, Emmett Smith, and Herm Edwards. The brands they have clients are such as MasterCard, PlayStation, and Taco Bell. My guest, she specializes as a communicator, leveraging all facets of communications to build and progress global brands through earned media, public relations, content creation, social media, and internal platforms. She's a graduate of the University of Delaware in journalism. She has 16 years of experience in communication, PR, and marketing. She started off as a senior account executive and NPR at Octagon, and she's worked her way up to her position now as Senior Vice President of Events. Thank you, Lauren, for joining us. Oh, it's
2: my pleasure. Nice, nice to meet you, Colby and
0: Lauren. To start off the conversation, are there are there any uh, sports teams that you're a fan of? Oh, uh, well, you know what? I grew up watching
2: hockey with my dad. Okay. Um, so I'm a hockey fan. Um, I'm a Flyers fan, actually, because of uh, the time I spent at the University of Delaware. and um, while I was there, uh, as a senior, I had an opportunity to go up and, and intern um, for that organization on game nights. I would go up and work the press box at the Phantoms games, which which back then, when I was in school, um, the Phantoms are the, the farm club for the Flyers, and they actually played in downtown Philadelphia at the Stock Drummond, So. Um, I have a, a love and um, an affinity for that organization,
0: and uh, there, there's nothing better than hockey. <laughs> I'm from Hawaii, so I, I had no clue what hockey was until I got here in Minnesota. <laughs> oh, yeah,
2: you quickly learned
0: that in Colby. Oh, trust me. In the Midwest, it's all about hockey here, and I, I actually went to my first game last uh, last year at a Dallas Stars game in San Jose Sharks. I had no clue what was going on, but the, the atmosphere at hockey games are always crazy. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot
2: of fun. We'll good stuff.
0: So let's dive in. Um, I really want to talk about your career. And the first question that we both have here is, how did you work your way up? I mean, I saw that from research. There was a gap of seven years from your first position with Octagon in 2005 and until you came back in 2013. You know, what was the journey like? I mean, unfortunately, you know, for especially in the sports industry, the journey is never the same for a female compared to a male. So, like, what did you learn from this experience? Was it an up and down road? Um, How did you get to where you are today?
2: Um, You know, so I think you you kind of touched on it in your question, right? How did you work your way up? Mm -hmm. Um, I've worked really hard. Um, I have always tried to learn a lot and take what I can from my clients, from my partners, from my colleagues, from the folks that I've worked for, um, and develop a really wide view of the industry. So, um, you know, I started, like I mentioned earlier, as an as an intern when I was still in college and earning my degree. I have a journalism degree. Um, I thought I wanted to be a sports writer. Uh, I, I wanted to be Selena Roberts in New York Times. Uh, and as I thought about going out into the marketplace and getting my first job, um, I learned that you didn't have to be a sports writer in order to get to write every day and get to tell stories and get to communicate with fans. In fact, you could go and work sports PR, which essentially was, like, the other side of the equation to me. Um, And so I was able to uh, use all of the skill set that I had developed throughout college uh, and apply it to, to sports media relations, sports PR. And so that is, you know, essentially how I spent my first few years in the industry was... Um, on behalf of Octagon and our clients, traveling the country and doing public relations and media outreach for events that we managed or that we owned as Mm -hmm. an agency. Um, And that ran ran a gamut, right? All the way from like your super small local newspaper all the way up to national magazines and outlets. Um, You know, my my first ever um, national hit was in outside magazine for an adventure race that we were running um, I still remember working with uh, Sports Illustrated and um, you know leading off, which is kind of those, those picture spreads, those two-page spreads in the front of the magazine, mm-hmm. um, Octagon used to run the No Rose Games, which is a track and field event, a marquee track and field event, and I worked with um, the photography editor at Sports Illustrated, and we did a time-lapse photo of the N60-meter sprint. And it was, at the time, the coolest thing I had ever done. And then I got to see, <laughs> got to see the fruits of my labor come out in Sports Illustrated. And I just, you know, I was on cloud nine that day. Um, and, uh, and, you know, and, and so, um, you know, I spent the first five years of my career um, interning and then working full-time in Octagon. And an event that we ran and that I worked on uh, took place in Colorado out at one of the ski resorts. And... So I went out there for about four weeks and lived and worked in Summit County at Copper Mountain, Colorado. And um, at the time I was 25 years old, I um, was living in Connecticut where I had grown up and I made a lot of friends at the resort, you know, other marketing professionals who we were partnering with because they were the host resort. And um, ultimately I ended up um, moving out to Colorado and working as the PR and marketing manager at Copper Mountain after that Mm -hmm. event. Um, you know, it was it was one of those situations where I loved working at Oxcon. I valued the experiences I gained so much, but I also wanted to go have some adventures and mm-hmm. uh, live somewhere new and try something new. And I sort of thought, well, if I don't, if I don't do it now. Um, life only gets more complicated, and so um, so we did it, right?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, we packed up the, we packed up the Subarus and we moved to Colorado and. Um, I worked at Copper Mountain and helped manage all of their PR and marketing and media relations uh, for five years. And, and with that came a lot of event hosting, um, a lot of photo shoots, a lot of media trips, and I was always able to still stay attached to the sports and lifestyle industry. Mm-hmm. Tourism and sports and lifestyle are, are essentially adjacent industries, right, especially at a resort like Copper, which hosts so many big events. In fact, right now, while you and I are talking – um, the U.S. Grand Prix is happening there, and so I, didn't know I did that for five years. Yeah, yeah, so it's, a, it's a big um, event resort, if you will. Um, and then after that, um, I, you know, my my husband and I, at that point, we decided it was time to leave the the resort lifestyle and grow up a little bit. <laughs> uh, and so <laughs> we, um, I took a role with NBC Sports, helping to be part of the management team for. The do Tour, which uh, was owned by MBC Sports, action sports um, event series. At its height, it was five summer events and three winter events: um, skateboarding, freestyle motocross, BMX skiing, snowboarding, etc. Um, we were live on NBC. Um, you know, eight hours each event week. It was. Um, it was a real privilege to work on that event, mm-hmm. and I was working with people that I had known for most of my career. Um, I think one thing for your listeners is to know that the sports business is a really small industry, uh, and you will, there will be people you encounter um, throughout your career that, that you see in multiple roles that you continue to work with in different, um, different ways. And so um, I went to NBC Sports, out of sh- and, and the group was out of Chicago, was there for two, excuse me, was there for three years. Um, and then ultimately, um, my husband and I moved back to Connecticut, where we're both from. And um, you know, I, I, an opportunity came up to come back into the Afghan organization, and uh, I, I convinced them that um, I, I would I would be a good person to help lead global communications for the agency, and um, that was that was. Gosh, how long ago was that? That was about six years ago that I came back to the organization, um, and I did that for five years, and then just for the last year, I've I've been back over to the business side of what we do, and um, has been helping to lead um, our events and experiences group here um, that handles a lot of our professional golf tournaments, our branded events, as well as experiential marketing platforms.
0: I think I think you you touched a lot of good um, good advice as, as far as you know gaining a wide array of of skills, I think a lot of students, especially getting into the sports industry, I think you have to, they think about having to specialize in one area. But it seems like your experience throughout like action sports, track and field, um, getting back to the business side of things, PR, communication and marketing, I think it's helped you gain the experience and get the position you are today. So well, how, well, if you could sum it up, what was like the one main thing you learned in each position throughout your career? Oh
2: wow, that's a great question. Um you know, for me, what I have really um, valued and something I'm really proud of is that I've worked um, in, I have a, the ability to look at a challenge um, from multiple perspectives. And so, from my time at Octagon, I understand the agency perspective. Mm-hmm. From my time at Copper Mountain, I understand the, a brand perspective because resorts are brands. I also understand the host venue perspective because many times we were the host venue. When I was at NBC Sports, we were the rights holder. We were also the broadcaster, um, and so I understand challenges and situations and partnerships from multiple angles. And uh, that's something that's unique about me mm-hmm. and a differentiator that I bring into the room.
0: I think that 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 you know the ability to empathize and to see things from perspective. I think that's something that we all strive to have. And then I want to go into you mentioned a lot about it, is storytelling. And I think storytelling is very key in in today's marketing and, and PR, especially in the sports industries or brands. And I'm starting to notice the importance of brand. You know, I think it's important to understand that people follow certain athletes and brands because of what they stand for. Sure they care about their product and, and what they do on the field, but I think people are starting to care more about what they represent. So what would you say you know, what is your opinion on, on building your brand and why it's such an important thing today?
2: Oh, gosh, it's huge, yeah. Um, I think consumers are, are really smart,
0: mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um,
2: consumers continue to um, be more and more savvy more and more selective because they have, consumers have choice, yeah. right? So technology has facilitated choice for consumers. You don't just turn on the television now and flip through 13 channels and go, well, okay, I'm just going to choose one, right? Like, that is so not the case. mm mm-hmm. um, And so it's important for brands to be authentic and to stand behind something and to have meaning because that's what's ultimately gonna help consumers and fans choose your brand. That's what it's all about. And I'm I'm of a generation where when I first started working, none of the social media platforms that were also familiar and fluid with say none of existed. And so I've sort of learned it on the fly and as, it, as all of these platforms have come into being and, and prominence, um, figured out how to tell stories through different platforms, mm-hmm. right? It, the story is the same, right? Like it's all about authenticity and, and sharing um, true, you know, genuine emotion or thought, but the platforms are what have changed. And, and so I, you know, the, the basics, right? The X's and O's. Mm-hmm um of figuring out what that story is has, has never really shifted for me it's just how and where we tell it
0: um it's is always changing it always changes uh, it changes with the platform right is what you're saying the story remains yeah. the same but how you communicate on the different platforms like instagram facebook uh twitter it, it all yeah. has to be a different format to really appeal to the certain crowd that's on that platform
2: Exactly. I mean, I mean, that's how I think about it. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, the thing, too, is, like, with athletes and brands, right, they used to be reliant on media outlets, journalists, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Now, now they own their own platforms. They own their own social platforms. They own their own sites. A lot of them have their own YouTube channels, right? Like, so all of a sudden, brands, both both individuals as well as kind of like what you would consider a consumer brand, they're their own media platform in many ways and so that's been like a whole really interesting um opportunity
0: as a marketer to see that evolve yeah i mean the world the world is literally at your fingertips i mean if you have a phone you can put out content at any time of the day in in a second yes and so how do you
2: which is which is good (laughs) that?
0: yeah it is and that's what i wanted to jump into how does someone remain you know, how, how does someone remain genuine? I mean, how does the company remain genuine in, their, in their, their actions of representing certain brands or saying, you know, we represent, we support women's sports. So, and I think people can really pick out the fake people or people can see like, maybe it's just a PR stunt. So how does someone remain genuine in their actions?
2: I mean, that's great. That's a big question. Um, Mm -hmm. um, But at least from from my perspective or or how I have thought about it on behalf of Octagon in my former role or or what I would share with my clients is know your values. Know what's important to you or your brand um, and use that as a filter or a test to help you make decisions, right? So Mm -hmm. if you print out your values and you tape them up on your wall or you've got them as a something you can refer to when you're tasked with making a decision about something how how to tell a story or which story to tell refer to
0: those values and use them as a gut check yeah yeah i mean it's it's like you said it leads back to the story if you're able to show like you know the values of your company and the values of who you are as a person i think people are able to relate to that and they resonate with that story
2: yes absolutely
0: and so do you, think, do you think athletes should be taking sides in today's society or should they be remaining neutral as far as on social media platforms?
2: Oh, goodness. Um, that, you know, my, my personal opinion on that, and again, I don't speak on behalf of Octagon on uh-huh. that one, uh-huh. um, but um, I, I, as a fan and as a consumer, um, I think personalities in general, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, that if they got a genuine thought or feeling or emotion and they can back that up with their actions then i support it absolutely um you know i think people need to educate themselves on things be- before they speak to them i think that's really important
1: mm-hmm.
2: um you know if, if for brands and personalities and all of it but absolutely if, if you're genuine about something and you truly believe in it and you can back that up i'm i'm a proponent of that
0: I mean you live what as long as you live what you say, I think I respect it. I think everybody respects as long as you you, you know, whatever you tweet out, you're actually living that life. And yeah. then it,
2: it goes I mean I I used to counsel, um, and even even my colleagues, uh, mm-hmm. and myself, they like, think about personal brand, right? As, yeah. as folks who work. Right. Um, I I tell people, right, on professional social channels, things like LinkedIn, things like Twitter, if you you think like Huh? Should I post that? Or if you if you write a draft a tweet and you, you kind of show it to your friend who's sitting next to you, you're like, should I do it? Like if you're even asking, the answer now. <laughs> Don't no. do it. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah, like, yeah. The sheer fact that you've got to check with somebody else should be a red flag. So, yeah. Um, I'm I'm fairly conservative as it relates to those, those things, but at the same time, I'm I'm a proponent of things that are well thought through.
0: This next part of our conversation, Lauren Wallace, a marketing student from the University of Minnesota Crookston, will ask her questions and advice from our guests on how to navigate the sports industry. Along with that, our guests will talk about how to utilize and make use of every opportunity that you have, and she'll share her favorite quote and how it applies to her life. So please continue on and listen to the rest of the conversation. And so I want to give the floor... And give the time to Lauren Wallace, who's a currently a marketing student, and she's trying to figure out where she wants to go with her career, and this podcast is all about giving the listeners and everyone out there advice about navigating through the sports industry, and she has a few questions she would like to ask you, so I'll give her the time to ask you that.
1: Hi, Hi Lauren. Hi, Lauren. It's been really fun hearing your story and how you got to where you are today. I'm definitely intrigued to learn more about you and learn more about um, your story, so I guess my first question would be, what are the day-to-day operations that go along with your position today?
2: How long you got, no, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so i So um, I feel super lucky uh, to, to have the role I have at Octagon, and I work with um, two other individuals to help lead a team, and we put on a lot of really big events. We run six LPGA tournaments, two Champions Tour events and um, a host of other sort of custom-built brand events for different clients. And and that's everything, right? And, and each event is a little different, but generally speaking, we are doing everything from operations to marketing and PR to hospitality to, um, you know, sort of um, tour relations, right, athlete relations. Hotel booking, we are doing all of it. And so, my role today is really to support the people that make that happen on the ground and help give them the resources that they need in order to do their jobs well. Um, I get in the weeds, I'm always more than happy to kind of roll up my sleeves and get to work. Um, I have a real passion for. Uh, thought leadership events, so things like Women's Leadership Summit um, and and different sort of events where folks are, you know, sharing uh, thought leadership and new fresh ideas and content, I I take a real ownership stake in those and I help curate that content and talk to our speakers and make sure the day is going to be really valuable for everyone who attends. But generally speaking, I'm working with our tournament and sales director leads in order to make sure they have the resources they need um, and helping them work through the challenges that they have on a daily basis. So I'm on the road a bunch. Um, I was in Grand Rapids earlier this week. I spend a decent amount of time in Dallas because we run an LPGA tournament there. But I I feel really lucky to do what I do um, because we get to create these awesome experiences for fans and for athletes. We help our broadcast partners create wonderful content, um, and I get to work with some of just the the smartest, um, hardest-working, most engaging folks in the industry.
1: You know, that's all very exciting to me because... I would say my top three interests are events, design, and marketing. And I've always kind of thought of those things as like three separate jobs. So like I would have to pick one, but it sounds like from what you do on a day-to-day basis, I'd be able to find a nice blend of all three.
2: Yes, absolutely. We, we Octagon has an internal uh, creative and design team, and, and we work really closely with them um, to develop creative concepts. To do all of our event design and, you know, branding work and large-scale signage and things like that that needs to happen. So, on any given day, I, I could be talking about budget, creatives, uh, a summit, a uh, food festival, um, you know, rerouting a golf course, et cetera. It's, um, no, no day is the same.
1: Yeah, that's that's really exciting. Um, what would you say your favorite part about the job is, if it's even possible to pick? <laughs>
2: hmm... Um, you know, I, I, it's the people I work with. I, I really value um, and feel privileged to get to work at Octagon every day. Our organization is supportive of what people want to do professionally. We do our very best to teach people and coach them up and bring people along through their careers and help them grow Um, And there's a lot of people at this organization that are here that I have known since I was 22 years old. Wow. Um, You know, even while I've been talking to you guys, two of them walked by my office and I (laughs) waited (laughs) for (laughs) them. So, um, you know, that's, again, I I feel privileged to get to work for this organization.
1: Yeah, I I do think that having a sense of pride with your organization is really important because it'll um, get you through the harder times and everything. how did you find out about Octagon and do you have any tips for someone who's on a job search potentially soon as a college student?
2: Yeah, um, good question. So um, many moons ago when I was uh, coming out of school, I, after graduated my very first internship was with the National Hockey League, and I got to work in the communications department at the NHL. Um, which was super cool. I supported the director of media relations. I uh, you know, did press kits and wrote press releases and, and things like that. Um, and that was right before um, uh, a lockout. And so they weren't really hiring people in the comms department, right? And so I thought, huh, okay, well, I got to look out for, for, for a full-time gig. And uh, um, honestly, my, my father knew someone who worked at Octagon, and um, the gentleman had you know, knew about me and knew that I had a a desire to work in the sports business. And so I came in and I interviewed for an internship. And uh, and, and the rest was history. I, I got, you know, I think the lesson there is use connections, use your network to get in the door and to have conversations, to ask questions, to do informational interviews. It's okay to leverage a network, whether it's a professor at your school who knows people in the market or a family member, or, you know, someone who you've worked for in the past through internships. Use that network to get connected to people and to get your foot in the door. And then you yourself, with your skill set and your curiosity and your passion, you then make it happen after that.
1: Right, okay. So I do... Yeah, it is gonna be really difficult to decide like what I want to end up doing, but I guess I just have to kind of follow a path and see where it all takes me.
2: Yeah, Lauren, I, um, I still don't know what I want to do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, like don't, don't put that pressure on yourself at all. Right, that there's no need for that. Um, mm-hmm. I've gotten to do a lot of different things in my career, all within the same kind of circle or industry. Um, but I had no idea that I would be doing this in 2019, right, mm-hmm. when I was mm-hmm. in, in your position. Mm-hmm. So don't put that kind of pressure on yourself. Just decide what you think you want to do for the next two or three years. What type of experience do you want to gain? What type of skills do you want to learn? Those are the questions you should be asking yourself. It's not what do I want to do for the rest of my career. It's what do I want to learn? What do I want to you know, experience. Where where do I want to be in this pig wide industry? Um, and then and then let it develop from there. Um, you know, I I heard a quote. I don't know who, who said it. I'm I'm not sure. I can um, attribute it correctly, so I won't try. But someone very smart said, "Careers are not ladders; they're climbing walls." And I have always loved that analogy. Um, and I believe it right it's not a straight up and down anymore you go to the side maybe you go down to go up but like you you're making progress along the way and you're pushing yourself and you're challenging yourself and, and and that's been my reality
1: that is really good advice I I really think that um a lot of college students could hear that right about now I know a lot of us do put that pressure on ourselves to be like for sure, in concrete, make a decision what you want to do. And that's really not the reality of it. Nope. Yeah, so would you I think say, that's too much pressure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: Would you say um, your advice to someone would be um, in their first couple years, is when they're younger, go out and try different things, different things, and experience different things? Uh,
2: yeah. I, w- I would say try, you know. Figure out something you're passionate about and you're mm-hmm. interested in, and that you have, you know, gained a, a skill set for. Right? What What can you learn in school that that you can then apply to the real world? Um, and I think stick with it for a little bit, right? Give it, give it a couple years. So it's like, like learn from it. Really, really have that experience, and and then it'll allow you to learn new things and try new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at, at Octagon we have a lot of limited terms opportunities um, for folks who have graduated, at least that are on the marketing side of our business, and, you know, that's a great way to uh, get acquainted with our agency, but also to learn about different roles and understand um, a bit more about what working in this industry is like on a day-to-day basis. Um, so, So that's my advice.
0: Well... What I usually do at the end of every podcast, and I think you already touched based on it, um, what is a quote you remember that you live by or that provides you inspiration on a daily basis?
2: And I, you warned me that you were going to ask me this, Colby, so I appreciated that. <laughs> um, and again, I, I don't know the correct attribution, so I apologize. Um, but it was another, uh, it was a female uh, business leader um, in, in the sports industry and um, she said something to the effect of, and I'm going to paraphrase, but she said in her experience, she had seen that people in the workplace do one of three things. They either save their company a lot of money, they make their company a lot of money, or they make them look really good. Mm-hmm and figure out which one of those three things you're gonna do, and then do it well. And I, I, I love the simplicity of that. Yeah. Um, and when I was in a, in a specific communications role, um, you know, folks would be like, what's your job? And if I knew that I, I they really just wanted the short answer, <laughs> not the long answer, <laughs> I would say, it's my job to make the agency look really good. And they would go, oh, okay, I get it. Right, and, and so I've always appreciated um, that perspective and that notion, and um, certainly there's a whole lot of detail behind all those things, um, but ultimately I think um, it, it has helped me um, focus when I've
0: needed to. Mm-hmm. And I, that kind of relates to the uh, one of my favorite quotes is from Tony Robbins, and it, it lines up with kind of what you said about being simple, Straight to the point, um, complexity complexity is the enemy of execution. But uh, Lauren, I appreciate you for coming on. I can tell that you genuinely love your job. You genuinely love what you do. And I, I think Lauren can, can say she's, she's got a lot of valuable information from it. And I think the listeners will take a lot from it. Um, as always, I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate you jumping on. Lauren, would you like to say anything?
1: Yeah, I just want to say thank you so much and definitely continue to inspire people that are um, thinking about going into your industry.
0: And as always... Wow,
1: thank you both.
0: No, thank you. And as always, listeners, we're all on our own journeys, but you are not alone. And thank you, Lauren. Have a good day. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode five the Sports is a Job podcast. I had a fun time on this episode and shout out to Lauren Tietjen and Lauren Wallace for doing an amazing job and making this episode what it is. I know you found tremendous value from this. So please hit that subscribe button, leave a review and hit that like button. And if you have any questions or you just want to talk, I am on all social media platforms. Look me up at Sports as a Job on Instagram, on Twitter, And on Facebook. And please, the only way I can make sure the value of all my guests that come on does not go to waste is if you share it with others. So if you found value from this, share it with other people aspiring to work in sports or are looking to chase their passion or have no clue what they want to do yet. Share it with them and do not let the value of what everybody comes on to this podcast go to waste. And until next time, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to join me. And again, as always, we are all on our own individual journeys, but you are not alone.